Hello, sweet love, and welcome to The Missing Ingredient with Gwen. I'm your host, Gwen. <laughs> this show is all about sharing ways to prioritize our health so we feel better, have more energy and motivation, have more focus and clarity, and truly start showing up for a life we want. Today, I will let you know I'm feeling a bit spicy, and uh, don't let that freak you out. Today, I'm going to share five thoughts that consistently derail us from taking care of ourselves and doing the things that we want to do. Things that we want in our analytical or prefrontal cortex brain and not things we want in our survival brain. As I go through this first part, I want you to be paying attention to whatever feels sticky to you that your brain responds to with affirmations. Like you find yourself thinking, exactly. I want you to be paying attention to that and making a mental note of it or jot it down and then listen for the replacement thoughts that will help you prioritize yourself with ease. Those will coming up in the second part of this episode. All right. And when I'm talking about prioritizing ourselves, I'm really talking about self-care. And if you want to learn more about my beliefs or sort of theory around self-care, I'll link some episodes in the show notes. These self-care episodes continue to be my most popular content, which fills me with joy because this is how we actually change our life and how we feel and how we feel about ourselves and how we show up in our life, all right, is these foundations of self-care. Now, let's get to work on the five lies we tell ourselves that keep us from making changes. And I do mean any changes that will move us in the direction of actually feeling good and healthy, like authentically. True self-care. Okay, here we go. Are you ready? Pay attention to how you respond to these things. Thought number one, there's nothing I can do. This is just how it is. This also sounds like this is out of my control. My doctor will have the answers or be able to fix this for me. Why did this happen to me? I can't do anything about it, so I might as well accept it or just figure it out. I'm grateful to be alive at least. Or it could be worse, I guess. So we're sort of surrendering to it. We're just handing over our power. We're just handing it away from ourselves. There's nothing I can do, so I'm not going to do anything. Thought number two, this is normal. This also sounds like everyone's got issues. Of course I'm a mess. I'm getting old. I'm in my 40s now, so I guess this is just how it is. Everyone I know feels like ass, so why would I be any different? This must just be part of perimenopause. Hormones, am I right? It's not that bad, I guess. So we totally normalize the process. We tell our brain that it's fine. It's just how it's how it is. It's where we're at. It's our age. Everyone else is experiencing this. Whatever. It's just normal. It's normal for us to feel like a dumpster fire, to wake up exhausted, to be run down all the time, to be burnt out, to feel constantly overwhelmed. Whatever it is for you. Okay. We normalize it, but it is not normal. This comes up a lot when I work with clients. Thought number three, I'm too busy right now. This also sounds like 
I've got a million children and a million activities and a full-time job and a husband that doesn't do anything and my parents are getting older and my dog woke me up last night. I'll start when the kids go to school, when it's summer and when we have more time, when it's fall and the kids are back in school, when my kids start high school and don't need me as much, when the kids move out, when I retire, when I have the energy, when my work is less stressful, when I find a house cleaner, when I sign a new client so I feel more comfortable, when I'm not so tired. Gwen, you don't know anything about my life. I've got a lot of shit going on. My life is so chaotic. I need things to calm down a bit. Besides, this is normal and there's nothing I can really do, right? I'm too busy right now is just so classic. It's our brain resisting change. Absolutely. It's acknowledging that it's going to be hard. And it's telling ourselves that we cannot do hard things, especially because we're so busy, right? This leads us right into thought number four. It's too hard. This also sounds like, I don't know how people can eliminate things from their diet. I would die without my coffee, bread, cookies, cheese, ham, whatever. I fail at everything like this, so I'm not even going to bother. I hate the idea of making changes to my diet. There's got to be another way. When we tell ourselves it's too hard, when we believe all of our thoughts, all of our too hard thoughts, it keeps us exactly where we are right now. Nothing changes. We continue to feel like a dumpster fire, but at least we didn't have to do a hard thing, right? And here's another doozy. Numero Quattro, I think. <laughs> Number five, I'm scared. This also sounds like if I change, I won't have anyone to hang out with. My friends and family will never understand. People will think I'm an idiot or a weirdo. People will judge me and make fun of me. What if I fail? What if I succeed? What if it doesn't work? I have never succeeded at any of these things before. This shit, this shit is never going to work. Who comes up with these crazy ideas that we, what we eat and do in our day will actually make us feel good or bad? It's bananas. How the hell is eating certain food or going to bed earlier or exercising for five minutes a day or starting a meditation practice or whatever actually going to help me feel better? The best part of my day is my time at the TV with my popcorn and my glass of wine. I'll die without my toast for breakfast. This shit is whack. I'm out. All right? This is our fear talking to us. This is our fear telling us it's a bad idea. And we have been programmed to think that when we are afraid of something, when something feels uncomfortable, we don't lean into it. We resist it. We do, actually, we do everything we can to avoid it. We do everything we, ha we can to avoid feeling scared and doing hard things because we think that they're bad. We then create all kinds of things, stories, ideas, thoughts, beliefs that back up the idea that it's a bad idea to do things that are hard or things that scare us. I want you to take a moment and reflect what did your brain agree with? Like if you thought about a challenge that you wanted to do, but you're resisting, 
as you go through this, maybe jump back and think like, what am I agreeing with here? Is there anything that in there that's that you're like, uh, Doug, when you obviously don't know my exact circumstances, because if you did, you would know that it's the absolute truth. I'm going to bet it's that you're too busy right now. And that it's normal for you to feel like a total dumpster fire, right? You're not, and it's not. Now, don't get mad at me, but if you were one of my clients, you know that this is where I would be throwing down the challenge. Can you be absolutely sure without any scrap of doubt that those thoughts are true? How do you feel when you believe them? How do you feel when you believe you're too busy to take care of yourself? When you know that you're letting your fear dictate your choices. When you feel like you have no control over how you feel or what your life looks like. What are your actions like when you believe them? How do you show up for life? When you're believing that you are just too busy to take care of yourself or to, t- to do the things that you want to do. And what are the results of believing them and the actions that follow those beliefs? Like how, are, how is that showing up in your life now? If you believe that you're too busy to take care of yourself and it makes you scared and, and you think it's too hard, how do you feel when you believe that thought? And what are the actions that follow? And what are the results of those actions? It's usually something like, I feel sad. And what are my actions when I feel sad? I feel like I want to numb myself. I feel like I want to reward myself. I want to eat chocolate. And I want to drink a glass of Savion Blanc. And the result of that is I feel even worse about myself. I wake up tired. I regret my, my choices. I feel yucky in my body. This is, this, these questions, they're very powerful questions to ask ourselves. If we can be absolutely sure without any scrap of doubt that we believe that our thoughts around these things are true. And how do we feel when we believe them? And what are the actions like when we do believe them? These questions are based on Byron Katie's work where she wants us to question all the things we're believing to be true and then observe how we feel when we do believe them. In a minute, I'll give you some other thoughts to try on and you can see how they feel to you and what the results might be like from the flipped thoughts. First, I want to go back to the five lies and just observe how There's a serious part of our brain that doesn't like change. And unfortunately, it's the part that we access first. It's quick as hell with its response, like it's right there, and creates systems and habits um, that totally derail us without us even noticing. It's just instinctual. And it's instinctual to resist the idea of changing things in your life because there's negative potential or ramifications that could come out of change. That's what our sort of more primitive mind is programmed to believe. When our prefrontal cortex knows it's a good idea, but below it is our negative biased brain that's just trying to keep us alive and experience 
in experiencing pleasure and avoiding pain, right? So it's just, it's like we have a programmed computer in our mind that's going to bring up all of this stuff anytime we want to do anything. And if you start doing weird shit, you might be laughed at and rejected, which is certain death, according to that part of our brain. If you stop eating the chips and the soda pops, you will feel no pleasure and will probably die, sweet love. It's important to know that this part of our brain is not the part we want to be, want to be in charge, okay? <laughs> Unless we're running from a wild hog or something, then it's survival, babes. That's different. So finding a way to access our prefrontal cortex and practice flexing that brain muscle is fantastic. And one way to do that is to try out some new thoughts and see how they feel and then practice them. You know what I was randomly just thinking? This is what the saying on second thought is all about. Our first thought might be our primal brain response but we want to access our second thought. That's kind of random though. I'm not sure it makes sense. What do you think? <laughs> part of me, I kind of like it, but the other part, um, the other part that's spent a lifetime sort of creating a wall between me and my intuition and instinct is kind of resistant to it. But that might be something else. Anywho, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Maybe it totally depends on the circumstances and the scenario. I don't know. Let me know what you think. All right. Let's get to trying on some new thoughts. These are a good time, sweet babes. For this part, I want you to pay attention to how you respond physically. Like, Just pay attention to your body, whatever you're doing right now. Let these thoughts wash over you and see how they feel. Sometimes it will feel offensively impossible and outrageous. They might make you want to laugh. <laughs> That's how absurd you think they are. That's fine. I want you to just try them out. And then think about what your life would be like if you did believe them. Okay, this is a little bit of an imaginative practice. When I work with clients, we try out new thoughts and we're always looking for something that's an upgrade that you can believe, but that's a gentle stretch. I do also encourage impossible thinking as well. It's so important. I mean, you could go back and listen to last week's episode where I go into that in a much deeper way, but it's so important for us adults to really reach for impossible thinking. Um, but when we are practicing new thoughts that are going to create a new pathway to our impossible place that we come up with, we want to be looking for something that is an upgraded thought, but that we can believe. Okay. All right, let's go. So thought number one, I am in control of my life. Or there's so many things that I can do that will improve how I feel and I'm pumped to try them. This allows us to take a little bit of our power back. It puts us in a place of exploration, expansion, potential. I am in control of my life, and there are so many things that I can do that will improve how I feel. Thought number two, this is not normal for me, 
And that motivates me to make changes. Resisting the information from our body creates a separation between us and our body. And really, we should be this beautiful, symbiotic relationship between body and mind. But after a lifetime for so many of my friends and clients and myself of kind of creating these two separate containers and really resisting information from my body and hearing, you know, multiple, multiple women talk about how they have created this separation from their body so that they don't feel the suffering as much and, and normalizing how crappy they feel for whatever bananas reason. This is not great. We want to recognize this is not normal for me. It is not normal for me to feel or experience fill in the blank. And that motivates me to make changes. So not only are we taking our power back there, but we're also practicing reconnecting to our body, listening to the information that our body is providing us and believing or hoping for something more. That's incredibly powerful. Thought number three, I have time to prioritize myself or there's nothing more important than taking care of myself. This is huge for mothers or parents or caregivers, okay? We constantly put everyone else's needs ahead of our own and we get a lot of reward back from that. So our brain is telling us when we do things for other people all the time, we get to feel good. It's a good thing. We get dopamine. It feels great, except it can really get out of whack can get totally crazy where we're constantly prioritizing everyone else, completely disassociating from our own self and our own needs until we're empty. And then there's nothing else to give. Now taking that back, recognizing that in prioritizing ourselves, it actually allows us to show up for the people we love or who we need to take care of or whatever it is is so powerful. I have time to prioritize myself. It is the most important thing that I can do. Thought number four, it's easy to make changes, especially when it makes me feel fantastic. Or my personal favorite when I think something will be really hard is it's hard and that's okay. I'm badass at doing hard things. Hard isn't bad. But also, when we recognize that what we want to do, what we want to focus on, what we want to grow towards, when we make that more juicy and fantastic and incredible feeling than staying where we are, change does become easy. It becomes easy to do the things that we need to do when it's something that we truly want. Now, often we have to do, this is where coaching can become really helpful because there's a lot of thoughts in our way, in our headspace that stop it from feeling easy. 
But once you pull all those weeds or look under all those rocks or whatever, it, you can cl- really clear that space out and it be- can become so much easier. Now, the second part of that is the belief that hard things are bad, right? That we shouldn't do hard things. And I kind of already touched on that, but it's worth mentioning again, almost everything good comes after doing a hard thing going for a run or doing any kind of physical movement. It feels hard in the moment, but afterwards our body feels good. It feels generally good. It rewards us, right? It's hard to prioritize time to cook meals and and make sure that we're eating food that fuels our body, but it feels good when we do. It's hard to sit down and meditate when life is really busy and there's a million things going on, but it, after a while, starts to be something you crave like you crave oxygen. Ask me how I know. So I want you to be t- paying attention to the energy shifts here. Thought number five, I am full of courage. And if that's a stretch, you can borrow from number four. I'm scared. And I'm going to do it anyways, because the outcome is important. I'm scared and I'm going to do it anyways. I'm full of courage. I can do hard things. I'm strong. I'm capable. I don't let fear control my life. When you think things like, I am courageous and capable of doing hard things. I will make time for myself and I will protect it like it's the most important thing I put on my calendar. It's not normal for me to feel like ass and I am taking control of my life and making changes that will make me feel awesome. These thoughts create entirely different energy in our body and beliefs about what we can do and who we are and how much motivation we have and that creates completely different actions. And even deeper than that, it creates our identity. When we practice empowering thoughts, we gradually become someone who identifies as the person who can do hard things, who does things even when she's scared, who has a baseline of self-compassion and kindness towards herself. She learns to trust herself. So check yourself. What lies are you thinking in your head that are stopping you from making the changes you desire? What are you believing to be truth and factual that may in fact be sneaky self-sabotage? And I know that when I use words like lies, it sounds a bit aggressive, but I want to shock you a little bit and get you to really start to analyze what thoughts you are having and be real with yourself. Because just imagine how your life would be if you started upgrading your thoughts and upgrading your actions. Imagine how you would feel and the potential and the possibilities. How would your life be different? Who would be impacted? And how it would feel to prioritize you and your health and your happiness and feel great about it, right? How would your life change? All right, sweet love, if you have any thoughts or would like to share, please join me over on Instagram. I love connecting with people. That's at Gwen Johnson official. And hey, 
If you're ready to start feeling more energetic and vibrant and comfortable in your beautiful body, and you're curious to find out what it would be like to work with me, all you need to do is send me a little note and we will set up a quick call to just hear what's happening for you. All of that information is available on my website, gwenjohnson.ca, that's G-W-E-N-J-O-H-N-S-O-N.ca. I look forward to hearing from you and let's go.